When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And, Wes, we are here to talk about a victory. 20-3, the Packers defeat the Los Angeles Rams at Lambeau Field on Sunday. It breaks the four-game losing streak. It gets the Packers record to 3-5. and five. And... Uh, a lot of positives to talk about from this one. Certainly not a clean game, not a pretty game. Plenty for the Packers to work on. But when it comes to the things that went well, I'll let you take it where you want to. If you want to start on offense, defense, or special teams, you pick it. Let's go. Let's start with Pahad. Is All right. Start with this thing because I was breaking down the game as only I can with my father <laughs> afterwards. The original Packers unscripted. And, and one of the big lessons I took away from this, I'm glad you brought up the fact it wasn't a complete game. It wasn't a clean game. There's still things to clean up with it. But the Green Bay Packers finally get to do that now after a win. It right. feels different when you do that after a win. When you 100%. make mistakes, you overcome them, but you find ways forward. Yes, I know the Los Angeles Rams didn't have Matthew Stafford. I know they were missing their starting running back. I know there was a lot of things working against the Rams. The Green Bay Packers have had plenty working against them too this season, including in this matchup. I mean, how often is it, Mike, that the Green Bay Packers are going to practice on Thursday and Friday and they lose a starter after each of those, basically, <laughs> right. where you end up not having those guys available right. in Rudy Ford and Quay Walker? So what happens? What has to happen? Guys have to step up. Isaiah McDuffie, I thought, played a whale of a ball game next to De Devondre Campbell. Dre being back, I don't think that is a, a surprise that the run defense is playing as well as it has since Campbell got back in the lineup. On the back end, you lose you know, a guy like Ford who's been one of the big playmakers for this team so far this season. But in comes Anthony Johnson Jr., the rookie seventh-round pick from Iowa State who's been playing the position for just over a calendar year. Yeah, He makes a critical interception late. Jair Alexander gets over the back injury. He's making plays out there. Carrington Valentine has to be thrown into the perimeter starting corner position with Rasul Douglas's trade. And then if that wasn't enough, Mike, the only position where it seemed like the Green Bay Packers were actually good on the defensive line, they lose their two-time Pro Bowler, Kenny Clark, at the end of the first quarter. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to dissect. But defensively, the Green Bay Packers rolled with the punches better than what the Rams' offense was able to do. And, Mike, they only gave up three points. And I said it to you, one of the first comments I made, 
When I came into the building on Monday, I looked at NFL GSIS, Green Bay Packers defense going from 20th to 10th. It's not the end of the season. A lot of games left, but it should remind you that in this game in the National Football League, things can change in a hurry, and the Green Bay Packers made sure to take advantage of that opportunity on Sunday. Yeah, you really had to like what you saw from the defense, and yes, it was against a backup quarterback in Brett Rippon who was a bit overmatched, and as we had talked about last week, the Rams were trying to figure out something with their running game with losing Kyron Williams, their leading rusher. He was uh, he remained on injured reserve. They're trying to piece it together with a running game. They were missing their starting right tackle and Rob Havenst- Havenstein, who um, was a scratch at uh, the 90 minutes before kickoff with his injury. And the Packers defense, the Packers defense did what it needed to do. It looked like it needed to look in this type of matchup and uh and you can't say enough about the young guys who made some things happen out there you already mentioned a couple of them with anthony johnson jr stepping in at safety with carrington valentine stepping in at cornerback carl brooks and colby wooden on the defensive line the two the two rookies there brooks deflects a couple of passes uh wooden gets a stop on fourth and two when uh, the rams were trying to keep a drive alive you mentioned mcduffie uh you know stepping in for quay walker and he stepped in previously for devondre campbell now he was stepping in for quay walker two weeks in a row now Wes. the packers run defense and yes against a vikings offense that was struggling to run the ball against a rams offense that was struggling to run the ball but the Packers kept those teams struggling, and those are things that over the last couple of years, sometimes that hasn't always been the case where you go, okay, you should be all right here because this team doesn't do this very well, and then suddenly the profile changes. If the Packers' defense can continue to do what it's done the last couple of weeks against the run, even if maybe the rushing yards might increase against teams that run the ball better, but when you're not getting gashed against the run, it makes everything else look a heck of a lot better. And last week, 10 third down conversions. This week, three, I'm sorry, five third down conversions. I sounded so tough when I was saying that too, and then I'd botch it. But it shows you that, yeah, there's gonna be some third and long completions. Certainly the Packers had some stuff to clean up after that game against Minnesota. But if you get the job done on the first two downs, it will pay off on the money down. This game in particular I thought was really interesting, Mike, because as you said, you had to keep them struggling. I think back to that game in Vegas. Raiders were really struggling with the run game. Yes. You think back to this past week, the Raiders win, still struggling with the run game somewhat. What was the two differences in that? They were able to run the ball well enough with Josh Jacobs that it made a difference. The 24-yard carry Jacobs had against Green Bay made a difference. Last week, what he did against the Bears made a difference, and it tilted the game. Brett Rippon, what he wanted more than anything was for L.A. to establish the run and be able to build off the rest of it from there. Green Bay gave no quarter in this game. It didn't matter if it was the runs. It didn't matter if it was some of the simple screens that they were trying to run, whether it was Puka, whether it was Cooper Cup. They were unable to get that going. They made a couple plays throughout the course of the game. But by and large, Green Bay was able to dictate how they wanted to play And in addition to that, they got two big takeaway opportunities. The Green Bay Packers converted both of those into points and ultimately came out with a victory. Yeah, the thing the thing that uh, the thing that I liked 
in addition to the run defense, the other thing I liked about the way the defense looked in this game is that, yes, it was against a backup quarterback, but you and I watch the games from the press box, Wes. We can see the entire field. And other than the one third and long conversion that Rippon hit to Cooper Cup down the seam, it was not as though we were watching two very good receivers in Cup and Puka Nakua running free there in the secondary and Rippon just couldn't get them yep. the ball. I, you know, Rippon couldn't get them the ball because the Packers were making it difficult for those guys to get open. And I thought with all the adjustments that were being made in the secondary because of the injuries, because of the trade of Douglas and all that, I thought that was a really positive sign moving forward for this Packers secondary because, you know, whenever, you know, assuming Rudy Ford is not going to be out long term, assuming that Quay Walker is not going to be out long term, but getting these young guys experience, then, you know, the next time the next time that something happens, even if it's during a game and somebody has to miss one series, like John Runyon misses yep. one series on offense, Sean Ryan steps in at right guard, and the Packers go 41 yards for a touchdown, most of it on the ground, and some of it running right behind Sean Ryan, who just came off the bench and stepped in for some of his first NFL action. Those kinds of things are important signs to see with a young team moving forward, and I thought we I thought we saw a lot of them on both sides of the ball in this game. And while Carrington doesn't need a, a mentor, someone to look at, you know, Anthony Johnson Jr. has talked about all these safeties he's learned from, but if there was actually a kind of a poster child for this, I actually think it is Isaiah McDuffie because this is a guy that came in as a six-round pick two years ago, and Mike, every single time he plays on defense, he's gotten better. Mm -hmm. And I thought... In this game, it was pretty simple what they had to do. You had Campbell taking over the mic again. He's relaying the defense. But you saw McDuffie being so much more active out there, vocal. He made some big TFLs too. I think that five-yard tackle for a loss that he had was probably as important as anything in that game for the Packers' defense, being able to stop them right from the get-go, I think, in the third quarter. They have had guys step up, and when you do that consistently and you play that role and you wear that hat numerous times, you feel like a more confident football player when you have to go in. And I thought for the Packers' defense, you hope everything's cool with Quay here. He, he caught up a little tight on Friday morning, and he wasn't able to get right with that groin injury going into this thing. But the Packers have guys they can turn to, and ultimately I think that's what helped them win this football game. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm -hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Well, on the offensive side of the ball, a much more uneven performance. Uh, you know, there were plenty of the miscues that we have seen in recent weeks that have that have gotten frustrating, quite frankly, for the fans, for the coaches, for the players, for everybody, whether, you know, for whatever reason, it's a discussion for another day, but like this lining up offsides on fourth and one thing that suddenly the league has decided apparently that uh, that they're going to call every every inch of the neutral zone in that regard. But even setting those aside, which were crucial penalties because the Packers had converted both of those fourth and one sneaks, but there were other penalties. There were the two fumbles, one by Dontavian Wicks, one by Aaron Jones. There were missed opportunities to put points on the board earlier in the game to try to stretch out the lead earlier in the game, whether it's, you know, Malik Heath dropped a pass, Jordan Love took a sack on, you know, a play where there was good protection and in that situation late in the first half, you can't take a sack there and, and, and you know, and, and hurt yourself. Anders Carlson, unfortunately, missed a, a field goal at the end of the first half. So there were, there's, there's a lot of stuff that the Packers are going to be looking at this week to, to continue to clean up moving forward. That being said, the offense got a touchdown in the first half for the first time since week two. They found the end zone. The ground game with Aaron Jones back to a, uh, a full complement of snaps, not being held back on a pitch count, whatever you want to say. Aaron Jones was a focal point of this offense, and between Jones and Dillon and then some cleanup yards late from Emmanuel Wilson, the ground game churned out over 180 rushing yards. And so how does this happen, Wes? Well, it's because it's because even with the mistakes that were made and the opportunities that were missed, the Packers weren't playing in some desperation catch-up mode two-minute hurry-up offense for the entire second half. Matt LaFleur made the comment on Monday they were in their normal offensive plan throughout the course of the game, and the vast majority of the mistakes were made in the first half, beginning of the second half, and then when they started to find themselves, it wasn't it wasn't just because they were in desperation hurry-up mode. It's because they started to execute, and they started to move the ball consistently. And, yeah, you don't want to settle for two field goals in the red zone there in the second half, but you had to take those field goals because the score was only 7-3. to three. You stretch it to 13-3, to three, you get a two-score lead. Lots still for the offense to work on, but the fact that they got to play a four-quarter game off of the call sheet, so to speak, I think that's something that could be really important for this for this young offense moving forward. I wholeheartedly agree. And for the Packers offense, I don't know the statistics, but you can make an argument that was might have been one of their worst third quarters, if not their worst third quarter of the season. But why did they survive? Yeah, they got that touchdown in the second quarter. That certainly helped. Yeah. But it was also the way the defense picked them up there. It. Dom Capers always called it adversity defense. Matt LaFleur threw a different one out on, I can't remember what he called it. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, Caper, Capers also used to call it a sudden change, sudden change, sudden change yes. defense as yep. well. Like he would use he would yes. use both he would use both terms. But yes, 
the Packers defense responded in a couple of tough spots when the game was just seven to three in yep. the third quarter and could have flipped, could have turned the other direction. The Packers defense didn't allow that to happen, which allowed the offense to find itself. And the coolest the thing that happened, I mentioned it on Twitter. I know Aaron Nagler tweeted out the video too. Dontavian Wicks has just a, a, a rookie mistake, just a regrettable gaffe to start the second half. You get a 51-yard kickoff return from Keyshawn Nixon, the longest of the season. You're starting at midfield. Yep. The Packers have the most dominant third-quarter offense in the league right now. You think everything's going to be going swimmingly. Wicks ends up fumbling, trying to extend for the first down, doesn't get touched down, so the ball ends up being rolled a fumble. He's walking to the sideline, his head is down. Aaron Jones quite literally pulls his head back up and talks to him. Yeah. The next series happens. Starts raining a little bit. Maybe Aaron doesn't have the right gloves on at that point. Be that as it may, he fumbles. They lose it. The amount of guys that were coming over to him on the sideline lift him up. A team that doesn't have a solid foundation, doesn't have a culture, has a you know pointing fingers mentality, I don't know what happens in the fourth quarter. Right. But the Green Bay Packers kept their head amongst themselves defensively I think they were feeling dominant and they executed the way they needed to execute and best of all Mike what I love the most to close on this offensive point you were talking about how they stayed within the game plan from beginning to end I would offer to you the touchdown pass to Luke Musgrave in the fourth quarter doesn't happen if Green Bay isn't building towards it with what they were doing earlier in the game the pony package was back on that particular play to Musgrave they have Jones going out left they have a screen set up to Dylan on the right. They're challenging those linebackers to make a decision with where they're going to cover. And when the inside linebacker breaks, that's what opens up the C for Luke Musgrave. Musgrave made two huge catches in this game. The yes. touchdown was one of them. The downfield pass was also one of those plays that him and Love weren't connecting on earlier this season. Three catches, 51 yards, and his first touchdown. Packers closed this game out the way they need to close it, and you hope that's something they can build on now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yeah, and that final that final touchdown drive. The other thing, um, I mean that that uh, the double fake screen and the the slip of Musgrave over the middle. That's a thing of beauty. It's actually it's one of my bonus plays in the what you might have missed, which is on the site. I kind of diagram. You gave some extra to the fans. Yeah, I kind of I kind of diagram what to, what to look for on the defense in terms of how that happens because it's really interesting because you have you have the two inside linebackers who are in the middle of the field. When Aaron Jones goes in that looping motion behind the shotgun quarterback, those guys start to shift toward Jones. Then at the snap with 
with the lineman and A.J. Dillon leaking out the other way to set up a screen, they both overcommit to the other way. And then, to Musgrave's credit, and this is kind of something that Matt LaFleur had talked about in the past in terms of learning the nuances and the timing of everything, Musgrave sells his block on the edge rusher long enough to allow those linebackers to commit, and then he slips in behind him. If he, if he, if he gets over-anxious, which young players do, Jaden Reed got over-anxious in the slot and false started when he was going to get the slant pass at the end of the first half. It happens, right? If, they get, if you get over-anxious and you blow the timing of it, you're not going to be as open, and that's a much tougher throw for Jordan Love, and it probably doesn't you know, rupture into a, into a touchdown. But with everything happening, he timed it right, and the two deep safeties, they're so concerned about seeing two running backs both split and two wide receivers both split that the two deep, deep safeties kind of open things up as well. And uh, and that's what leaves uh, leaves that lane for Luke Musgrave to uh, to score. The other thing before that, I think that was really important though, was the 37 yard catch by Christian Watson. Um, not I mean not just for Love, not just for Watson, but but for this for this entire offense to make an explosive play like that in an important situation. It was on a third down. The score is 13 to three yep. at that point. So 10 point game, you know in the fourth quarter the game is certainly not over at that point there are all kinds of metrics out there we've talked about it Wes with regard to the Packers haven't made those plays for Jordan Love for this offense the contested catches haven't been there Christian Watson made a heck of a one that looked like the Christian Watson who was making his share of contested catches as a rookie when he went on that that scoring binge last uh last November those are the kinds of things when you talk when you talk about building and growing and stacking and everything that you want to say about about all the young players on this offense with a first year starting quarterback those are the kinds of things that just I mean you can't you're not gonna be able to replicate it every single week I mean it's it's a deep ball downfield it's a one-on-one play Christian Watson went up and made it but it's the it's the kind of thing that just it it provides a foundation uh you know psychologically there's a there's a confidence level to everybody when those plays get made every once in a while, instead of every time that deep ball goes up and it's a contested play and then, oh, it's incomplete and everybody kind of sighs like, oh, it didn't work that time, right? Those are the kinds of things that we saw in this game that hopefully the Packers can build on them, push things forward, because as we're going to talk about on our next show, the competition is the competition on the schedule is getting stiffer here over the next month, and the Packers are going to have to play better than they did against the Rams if they want to stack another victory to chalk up another one. But it feels like they have so much more to build on now. They do. And and for for that particular play for Jordan and Christian, I think is important because, yeah, everyone looks at the the speed and the, the vertical and all that stuff. But, but Christian Watson just went and made a football play. Got a little banged up on it. It sounds like from what Matt LaFleur yeah. said on Monday, he is okay. No concussion. Uh, but... I love the way he played that ball and the aggressiveness he showed because I think Christian Watson knows he's six foot four, two hundred and eight pounds or whatever, but he made the defensive back feel it on that play. Yep. And understanding that, hey, if I'm this big of a human being and I can have a vertical in that forty range or whatever he's at, I can get up there and make that play. I think that's what makes him special. And for the Packers last sale, just close on this. 
another reminder, too, of what Romeo Dobbs gives this offense because Dobbs' stats are not going to jump off the page at you, but he was just as integral to that win with some of the third down plays he made, some of the yeah. plays he made when Jordan Love needed to get the ball to him. And uh, I, I don't think there's a better pass catcher on this team right now than Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, he's he's been he's certainly been uh, been the most reliable. And yes, the thir- some of the third down plays he made in this game were uh, were highlight reel worthy for sure. Uh, I'll take care of sponsor business here, Wes, before we run out of time. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard hard hitting analysis and up to the minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl of Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. Quickly before we go, just taking a look around, we talked uh, last Thursday heading into the weekend of uh, how many really intriguing big matchups there were in the NFL in week nine and as it turned out it was uh it was the home teams holding serve in all these big matchups the baltimore ravens really took it to the seattle seahawks the philadelphia eagles defended their home turf against the dallas cowboys the cowboys going from what was it first and goal on the six yard line with 27 seconds to go and a chance to win they go from that to throwing basically like a Hail Mary to try to win the game. I mean, it was it was just an incredibly, hard. incredibly bad sequence uh, when they had a chance to post a, a big-time victory. And the Cincinnati Bengals uh, hold serve at home over the Buffalo Bills in a big matchup in, uh, in the AFC. Home field doesn't always, but this past week, home field mattered in the NFL. It definitely did. And as I forecasted on Thursday's episode, you can go back and look at it. I told everybody, Tampa Bay and Houston, man, this is a must-see television game. Wherever you are, sit your children down, watch it. It's going to be the best game of the season. And lo and behold, that's how it turned out. Uh, but, no, I mean, C.J. Stroud, I mean, that's a rookie of the year type performance. And it, I mean, bro- broke the NFL rookie record for passing yards in a game. I mean, I they, mean, holy cow. You know how I was talking with Rippon about how he was hoping that you get the run game going? Stroud did not have that. Texans could not run the football against Tampa's defense. It was all on the rookie, and he performed like a top draft pick. Uh, an exciting football game. The former Packers running back. Or, uh, Badgers yes, Daria Gunbawale. He made a field he, goal. He made the the uh, yeah had to step in for the injured kicker and uh, drilled a twenty nine yarder. Which uh, <laughs> and hey, that was in the second half. Like there there was Big there was kick. a lot there was a lot yeah. on the line on that kick, and uh, Gunbawale put it through. No so, doubter. Yeah. Uh, but but just quickly, you're, you're absolutely right about the home field advantage and everything. The Baltimore Ravens just ran over Seattle. That was incredible to watch. But I, I want to touch on this because I think this is important for Packer fans to realize. The Vikings, in one of the situations where the home team didn't come through, Josh Dobbs shows up, you know, minutes before the game. Unbelievable. Plays his heart out. I mean, some of the stuff that they were saying in terms of how Kevin O'Connell was relaying the play calls and basically having to explain the play calls. Yeah. Two Dobbs to and then him, you know, just doing some incredible stuff to make plays happen. Well, and and the fact and the fact that he did that, the, all the plays that he made in the second half to pull that game out for the Vikings. When you look at the highlights of that game, when he first came in and during the first, it was a disaster. Bad. They were, they were turning the ball over. The Falcons simply couldn't get any touchdowns off yeah. of those turnovers. They kept kicking field goals and kept the Vikings in the game. And then when Dobbs kind of settled down and and you know stopped. Uh, you know, stop putting the ball in harm's way the way he was early on, and got the Vikings' offense moving. Then, uh, then suddenly they uh, they pull it out at the end. A tr- I mean, absolutely incredible, 
incredible victory by the Minnesota Vikings, and it looks like they've found their quarterback for the rest of the 2023 season. And seeing where it takes them this yeah. year. Uh, but, but just very quickly, I mean, you have two juggernauts, I would say, right now in the NFC. You got Philly and you got Detroit. Detroit, you give them the credit for winning the games. They're already at six wins. It may only take nine to make the playoffs in this thing, maybe fewer. We'll see. But with the, with the Vikings beating the Falcons, with the Saints – a very methodical victory over Chicago. Yep. Uh, they're now atop their division. Dallas loses again. They're at five and three. You have the 49ers at five or three. This is a wide open field right now in the NFC. I know you don't talk about playoffs until you get to 10 wins. I stick to Mike McCarthy's old option, you know, his maxim on that. But probably in the 17 game season now, you can say nine. Nine maybe, probably works now. Yeah. yeah. But. Be that and, as and it may, and with the seventh playoff spot, I should say yeah, as well. Yeah, but, you know. But I mean, be that as it may, I think it's another reminder that Packers have played good football. They played bad football. They are what their record says they are. But my goodness, it only takes a couple of weeks to pull yourself back into this thing, especially in the, the age now of that seventh playoff game. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, the the Packers have a big one to see if they can actually start a winning streak heading to Pittsburgh, a team that is. Very intriguing. We will talk a lot about the Steelers on our next show. They are having one of the one of the more interesting, um, head scratching yet intriguing seasons that we've seen an NFL team have in quite some time. And we will definitely get to that on our next episode. But for now, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team. Lots of content. Review of the previous game. We'll have previewing the next game coming up. Lots of stuff for you this week on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.